I was at the Garden of Unearthly Delights. Now, this is a courtyard at the Fringe Festival in Adelaide. And there's a bunch of shows and comedy festivals and buskers and all activity and vibe. Yeah. And towards the end of the night, I went and sat in the beer garden and ended up on a table randomly with some buskers. Right. And they looked the part. <laughs> mohawks and hair everywhere and piercings and tattoos and weird clothes and the whole lot. And I ended up chatting to this dude who did a juggling knife on a tall unicycle trick. Right. And we got talking to passing the hat around at the end and what it's like as a busker asking for money. And it was fascinating because he said, you have to nail the 30 seconds before you ask for money to get any money. (laughs) And it's not particularly connected to how good your show is. So he practiced and practiced and practiced how he asked for money. And that had much more of an impact on how much money he got than whether or not he could juggle four knives and a chainsaw on top of a (laughs) unicycle. Which does seem like a valuable skill. <laughs> well, look, if I want to be entertained, that was, that was right up there. Yeah. And so we just got chatting about it. And he said there's a bit of culture around buskers and talking about how much hat they get. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm, I'm right up on the lingo now. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never heard that one. And it was really interesting because of how much that culture recognises that asking for money is different than being good. Yeah, right. That's super interesting. I actually wrote a blog yesterday about money, or specifically price, and the way in which, especially if you're running a solo business and you're pricing your own stuff, in a sense you're also pricing yourself, and so it gets additionally weird and you sort of get all wonky and strange about it and you don't know how to do it. But in the same way that you've just said, the amount of money they make is less about the quality of their act and more about the way that they ask for the money. I think the, the amount of money that most people make in their businesses is somewhat related to how good they're... Like, I think there is some bearing on how well you execute on whatever it is that you do. But a lot of it is down to the craft of sales or even just, yeah, the conversation that you have when you say, this is how much it costs. <laughs> Well, most people, (laughs) me included, when I first started trying to price myself in sales calls, I did what everybody does, which is offer the price and then immediately discount. (laughs) It's 1,800, I'll take it too. If there's a two second pause, I will fill that with an apology, a discount and a promise to give more. Before they've even had a chance for the reverb to die down. <laughs> totally. Where Peter Cook would just say a number and then just sit in deathly silence for as long as it took. <laughs> <laughs> that was what, six seconds? Uh, max. Like, it's really awkward in that gap. And hearing this busker talk about how much of a difference it made and how much if you're a professional busker, which they all were, like they toured the world busking. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah, you have huge. to get good at it. Yeah. And a lot of people would prefer not to get good at it to avoid the troubling identity and discomfort and awkwardness around confronting the weirdness with money. And the process of becoming better at that has had nothing to do with how good a videographer I am. Yeah, totally. I often make sure, even if the thing that I'm offering to someone is very much just several hours of my time. Like, yes, I'll be your mentor. You can pay this much, we get this many hour long sessions. I'll often chuck something, anything in to make sure that it's not just my hours of time. So I'll make sure that I send them three books (laughs) or I'll make sure that there's five videos that they get access or just like anything at all so that I can say, oh, there's this package that you get that costs this much. And 
the bulk of it is six hours of my time or whatever it is, but just anything to upset the the otherwise simple mathematics my brain would be doing where it's like, well, it's $3,000 and I'm going to do six hours and it's pretty <laughs> obvious. <laughs> and they might still be doing that maths and that actually doesn't matter. What I have to make sure is that I'm not doing it. <laughs> and so long as I'm not doing it, I'm completely capable of saying, yeah, mate, it's $3,000. Do you want to do it? I remember really early on when I was working as a graphic designer, I would do the graphic design for someone and then print their brochures or business cards or whatever, and there would be a graphic design price and a printing price. And I very quickly learned to hide the graphic design price in the printing (laughs) because people are happy to pay an arbitrary amount. How much does printing cost? I don't know. But they're definitely doing the calculation for how much work they think I've done for what I'm charging for the graphic design. And what's interesting too, so like to take your video say you're going to a big conference and you're going to film someone doing a keynote speech you're going to get audience reactions and then interviews with the audience that's a perfect example of the number of hours it could possibly take certainly for that part of it is extremely finite because they can see it happen it's like you rock up at 9am and you leave at 4pm well there it is like those are the hours and yet the reason you are the guy to choose for that is because you're so good at that six or seven hours and that they can be extremely confident that they're going to get a great crowd reaction shot, that they're going to get an awesome series of shots of them on stage, and that they're going to get four or five interactions with members of the audience, which make them sound incredibly articulate and amazing and impactful and all the rest of it. And it's not worth hiring someone who could who is happy to spend 10 times as long. Those other 10 times as long out, they don't exist. You've got to <laughs> nail it in that moment. And it's your expertise and experience and the energy that you bring to it that makes that work. And I think you undercharge, by the way. I'd double it right away. (laughs) Because nobody else can match that. Like, it is true that you on the camera changes what's in the room. And that can't be replaced by someone else's hours. And so it's not a pay-by-the-hour thing. It's a pay-by-the-impact that you have. Yeah, and if you out there are running your own business, shifting to that way of thinking is hard. It's really hard to do that. So our friend Simo... Uh, it was around at our place for dinner the other night and he's just bought a $17,000 drone to do infrared scanning of pest eradication. He works clearing native land of rabbits and other vermin. And his day rate, if he's providing a $17,000 piece of equipment, that thing costs $450 a day to rent if you want to rent it. Yeah, and if you crash it. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's providing that. And I'm like, well, you've, before you've even included yourself, it's $450 a day. Yeah. And for him to shift his mindset that way is really tricky because he's still tied to what's my hourly rate. It's really hard to shift that. Often, the price that you're able to put on your own services comes down to your confidence. Like, how confident are you that you are good and that you will achieve the outcome and that the value you deliver is fantastic? And how much composure do you have (laughs) to sit in silence after you offer the price? Well, yeah, that. And one of the things that I think we can do to grow that confidence and to build that conviction is to collect as much evidence as you possibly can that you are worth it, right? (laughs) And so what probably happens in your daily life like i know that i hear people say about you oh cam was fantastic to have at my event but if you don't capture that when they say it you feel good for five minutes or a day and then it just trickles off into the ether but if you go oh could you just write that down and send it to me or and they might send you a nice little text message or a nice little email i have in my notion my note-taking space 
I have a whole folder called people saying nice things about me. <laughs> oh, having the, the mental boost congratulatory file in whatever form you have, geez, that's good to dip in when you're not feeling great 100%. or confident. And I have, at this point, 700 <laughs> items because I've been extremely diligent for 10 years collecting every nice thing that ever, like nobody has sent me a nice email that I haven't at this point clipped and stuck in there. And it just means that any time I need to price myself and I just thought, oh, I noticed my confidence isn't quite high enough. I know that, a, you know, Peter Cook, for example, would put a higher price on this. I just go and dip into that folder, read a hundred pieces of encouragement. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is practicing saying it out loud. Yeah. Practice the price out loud with a friend or a colleague or whoever, and then try just shutting up the pause we feel with dread and doubt and a desperate need to prove our identity or worth and the other person might just be thinking if that fits in the budget or is yeah. this exactly what I want and if you leave the pause long enough quite often the answer is just okay sounds great when do we start exactly